The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're found Financial Food for Thought. My name is Mark Dowling. i got Carrie Waddell. Good morning, everyone. So, Carrie, do you know why I'm playing this song? No, I know this song, the, though. The Clash, right? Yeah. It's because it was probably made after 1980. Right. Probably, That's probably why. Um, because should I stay or should I go, it could, it could be, you know, be a lot of people this week. Now, I'm not talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. You know, we're so off, you know, we're taping the show on Friday morning. So we just learned that OBJ has been released from our favorite Cleveland Browns. Okay. So I guess that decision is made. He's gone. I'm not talking about, you know, the Cleveland police chief. You know, Calvin Williams. That resigned. Resigned. Well, because Justin Bibb. They said Bibb, it was coming. Yeah, Justin Bibb announced during his campaign, who you know, mayor, that he would replace him. Well, Calvin didn't wait around right. to be replaced. A lot of people think maybe this song relates to Joe Manchin. Okay. A lot of Democrats, I think, would like to see him go. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I'm not sure if... Even if the Democrats, you know, want Joe to switch parties to go to mm-hmm. Republican, that still doesn't help them getting any more votes in the Senate. Right. Because he would still have a vote and it's that, that the Democrats would not have the 50. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what that accomplishes. Right. What they really want, I guess, is for West Virginia to vote Manchin out and replace him with a progressive Democrat. Okay. But that's up to the state of West Virginia. Yeah, that's not and anyone that's else's where it control. Be. Maybe some people are thinking about this song is about your participation in the stock market. Okay. So, again, we've all, all-time highs. I'm not sure if the 60-40 portfolio is dead. You know, a lot of rumors about it being dead, and I think they're exaggerated. Um, and so a lot of, you know, or do you, are you listening to the bears who think that this party's over? Right. And you should get out. I'm not big on timing. And it's not an all or nothing. I don't think, do you know, you know, we don't do investments, but if you know what growth rate you need to be okay, maybe that's more realistic on what allocation you need. And that's what we do look at for our clients because, we keep saying, why take on more risk than necessary? I know people are really excited when things are good, and then you may be shifting, or you talked a few weeks ago about rebalancing and different things you should cash be doing, reserve. building your cash reserve. That, But it's not an all or nothing, and that's true in planning in general. You know, It's like, should I do a Roth we'll talk about today or not? It's not an all or nothing. It's usually how much over what time frame, and how about analysis, Um to make sure that it makes sense or not. But I'm not talking about any of those individuals, Carrie. I'm talking about the song is for one of those voices that maybe we all should be listening to, one of the most powerful voices on the globe. Okay. And that's Fed Chair Jerome Powell. Okay. The supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic and the reopening of the economy have contributed to sizable price increases in some sectors. Well, I don't think anyone would argue that. Okay. So this is, you know, when the Fed's decision this week to start the tapering, which was no surprise, but also not to raise interest rates now because of of their doubling down that this inflation is transitory. 
particular, bottlenecks and supply chain dis disruptions are limiting how quickly production can respond to the rebound in demand in the near term. As a result, overall inflation is running well above our 2% longer run goal. Mm -hmm. Supply constraints have been larger and longer lasting than anticipated. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, it remains the case that the drivers of higher inflation have been predominantly connected to the dislocations caused by the pandemic, specifically the effects on supply and demand from the shutdown, the uneven reopening, and the ongoing effects of the virus itself. We understand the difficulties that high inflation poses for individuals and families. Well, we all are dealing with that, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm saying should I stay or should I go is because his term is up, Carrie, February 5th. That's not okay. too far off. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of political people who, one side or the other, do you give Jerome Powell another term or do you throw him out? Particularly those with limited means to absorb higher prices for essentials such as food and transportation. Our tools cannot ease supply constraints. See, that was a key thing that he said, Kerry. In other words, what he is saying is that the Federal Reserve, yeah, they control monetary policy. They can raise rates, interest rates, but that's not going to correct the supply chain problem. Right. That's a huge problem. And so just by doing a knee-jerk reaction and saying, I'm raising rates, and then we're not, we're, and then that somehow raising rates automatically gets all those containers mm -hmm. unloaded. I, it's not going to happen. Right. Like most forecasters, we continue to believe that our dynamic economy will adjust to the supply and demand imbalances, and that as it does, inflation will decline to levels much closer to our 2% longer run goal. Now, that's also a little bit different language. He said closer to our 2%. Mm -hmm. So you could interpret that to mean they're not trying to get back down to 2%, but they're just saying that today's higher, you know, 35 4 do I hear 5%, we'll get closer to that. Okay. So what does closer mean? Mm. Does it mean 4%? Right. Does it mean 3%? Does it mean 2.5%? I think his vagueness is deliberate. It's very difficult to predict the persistence of supply constraints or their effects on inflation. Global supply chains are complex. They will return to normal function, but the timing of that is highly uncertain. We are committed to... All right. So that so he so he doubled down saying, you know, again, it's, it's still transitory, but I guess, Carrie, it might not be quite as transitory as we first were led to believe. Right. All right. So does that mean, I guess it's the new <laughs> buzzword is maybe it's lengthier. Right. Do you know how that affects you? Kind of like how maybe all our hair carry got a bit lengthier in the right. Rona shutdown than what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe, you know, we were just talking about the Wall Street Bulls versus the Wall Street Bears. Maybe the Bulls are hoping that this bull market is a bit lengthier. Would be nice than what the Bears are forecasting. It's who do you believe, Carrie? I don't know. For every one article, one way you yeah. find one another, and I guess it comes down to your information or your financial life and taking control and knowing your numbers and knowing what you should be doing instead of guessing or being emotional about it. All right. So, Carrie, I, I, I'll tell you, you know, at this point, what I need is a length of vacation. Mm -hmm. Can anyone help me with that? Get us started. Carrie. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. And I know you're talking about the financial news, but I wanted to remind people next week is um, Veterans Day. And thank you to our veterans and the Marine Corps birthday, uh, 246 years for the Marine Corps. Um, so and there are a lot of deals if you go online for, you know, free lunches and dinners for veterans. So take advantage of that if you've served and thank you for your service. Um, but you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to talk about issues that could impact your financial life, talking about choices, things you can control about your financial life and making people aware of issues and things they can do. We're sponsored by the estate planning team. 
that is a fee-based fiduciary planning firm. And we've been helping people more than 35 years around the greater Cleveland area and offer both affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainer fees. And we're traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. As I said earlier, we're not investment advisors. Although we, we build plans and model in inflation and we have different inflation rates um, and we do these financial long-term models for people who are working and people who are in retirement and saying what do you need to be doing while you're working years um, how much you should be sent spending saving and then saving in the different tax tr- uh, vehicles whether it's traditional um, IRAs or company plans Roth IRAs and non-qualified assets and Um, looking at opportunities and looking at realistic retirement dates. And then when you're in retirement, how do you plan and take advantage of opportunities in this complicated tax code? And I know Mark's going to talk about it today, but um, IRA distribution planning and looking at how to disperse those IRA and company plans as tax efficiently as possible is critical, especially if you're in the camp that believes that tax rates are going to go up in the future, which I think a lot of people are. Um, Somehow we're all going to have to pay. So it's making sure that if you're in a more favorable rate now, or many people don't realize they have this window of opportunity, um, especially if they're before minimum required, um, they can take those assets out for spending comes first and also take it out. And right now we have opportunities for Roth conversions that may go away at some point in the future, which is why we're in the midst of our busy time. Um, But we look at all these issues and timing of Social Security, pension elections, how much you can really spend and so much more as every aspect of someone's financial life. And if you we offer a free, no obligation consultation and we do some preliminary analysis um, so that we know how we can help you or what value we can provide you. Because if we can't, we're not going to recommend our services. And that does happen. And you can call. We offer a free No obligation, no pressure consultation, either by phone or in person. You can call and we can get back to you Monday morning or you can go through the website. Um, If you don't get a response by Monday, um, send it again because we, I, I personally get all the emails from the website and I do respond to those. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239. 239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So we'll see if Jerome Powell's prediction comes to, you know, true that this inflation is transitory or what other signs in the economic data would point us to, to agree with him or disagree with him. As we said, there's really not a whole lot of consensus out there. And we'll, you know, we had the, the triple play payroll week, you know, always the first week of the month, you get the ADP report on Wednesday, the weekly jobless claims report on Thursday, and the monthly jobs report on Friday. So all those came in positive, Carrie. If we have time, we'll go over those numbers. But they're all pointing to signs that people are going back to work, right? Um, ADP uh, reported 551,000, you know, beat the street estimates of 395,000. Okay, the weekly jobless claims came in at 269,000. The street was looking for 275,000. All right, um, the jobs report, great jobs report today, um, meaning we're taping this on Friday, um, you know, 531,000. All right, the, 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 the range of estimates was on the low side, 250,000, to the high side, 700,000. The consensus was about 450,000. Plus, there were $100,000 revision or $100,000, $100,000 job revisions for both August and September. So, in other words, remember, September was so low when we were doing this last month, right? It was a big shocker that September's jobs report came in so low. The October is right back up. And that's what another thing the Fed Powell has always said. You don't make rash decisions on one month of data because there's things that can you're up. You're, you're looking for that pace of change, right? And so it's all those signs that the triple play payroll week, all of them pointed things are getting better. And one of the things is that you know w- when you talk about the everyone's so concerned about inflation, and and the the idea is they're saying, well, it's the wage inflation, right? In other words, it's it's the stagflation worries. You know, stagflation right. is, is terrible, right? If we mm-hmm. have stagflation, that's bad news, right, for everybody, 
right? Um, but I don't know if we're going down the stagflationary spiral. Remember stagflation, there's three-legged stool, right? It's high unemployment, high inflation, and productivity or growth declining, all right? Um, and so so one of those things is you could argue, yes, we, we've got high inflation, but unemployment, the, the unemployment was came in, you know, very, very good. It, it, it's the lowest. It's 4.6%. I mean, is that because people just stopped working? Because we also have a lot of people still not working, Mark. Well, they're saying no, but with increased jobs, people right. are going back to work. And I heard President Biden, you know, talking about that today on, on the way into the radio show. You can listen to him? Like, oh, did he make sense today? You have to listen to him, Gary. Oh, I just read the highlights. He, no one's asking him a question, though. I mean, but um, I don't even know why the press winds up in the in the press room. Why right. even bother? They don't grill him. They, they don't. He doesn't take questions. Why do they even show up? There's no point. Yeah, just listen on the radio like the rest of us. Um, anyways. You know, the, the, Biden was talking about today that the, the experts, economists said we wouldn't get back to 4.6 percent unemployment until 2023 or 2024 or whatever he said. I don't know. But we're there now, 2021. Um, so uh, we'll see. But, but the idea of the wage increase. All right. So this is, you know, this is the Amazon problem. Right, Kerry, because they have to hire how many hundred thousands of people to deliver our Christmas packages if we get them off those container ships. Right. On the California Bay. But whatever. The idea is that there's a help wanted, you know, sign in every store in America right now, right? Um, and so the the wage increases because the the companies had to give incentive to get the people off their couches, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. So they had to raise the price, the, the the wage, the hourly wage, let's say. Well, that's a one off. A lot of economists believe. In other words, once you get them off the couch and back working, it doesn't necessarily you've got to give them that same hourly increase next year. Mm-hmm. Or even next quarter. Or in other words, once you're staffed again, you can stop trying to hire more people. So a lot of people think it is that this wage inflation is somewhat transitory. Again, a reflection or a consequence of the Rona shutdown that we've never gone through before. It's different this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's not the 1970s. And maybe you don't have to jump off the bridge yet. And maybe you can still retire next year. Or maybe if you're already retired, you can still, you know, take that riverboat cruise. Um, but if you are concerned that inflation isn't going to be transitory and it's going to be lengthier mm-hmm. and permanent, then maybe instead of sitting at home on your couch and complaining about it or making a knee-jerk reaction, maybe what you want to do is actually model in your financial plan, if you haven't done it already, mm-hmm. a higher rate of inflation going forward. And maybe not forever, maybe right. for a few years. We've had people, our clients say, you know, take that plan. Because if you build a very um, conservative plan and throw in extra expenses and a higher inflation rate, you're going to be more comfortable whether it's really retiring or really spending that money. If you build those things that you're worried about first. And just one more final comment on Chairman Powell is that the liftoff on tapering, did you notice the markets did not crash? Hmm. Um, And so he did successfully land that plane. In other words, is maybe a little bit more successful than Ben Bernanke did it back in 2013 okay. when we had the taper tantrum, right? And if you, taper tantrum. Yeah, everybody remembers that. That was crazy. Um, and so, so the Fed, they learned by prior mistakes. So they did a much better job this time around getting out of this recession, you know, getting, you know, stop the, the slowing down the bond purchase by giving plenty of warning up front keeping everybody, you know, very transparent and saying, yeah, they, everybody knew I was saying, you know, I were all saying this, we knew they were going to start tapering in November. They are no surprises there. And the market didn't react in a big negative way. They were prepared for it. Maybe they are. Now what's probably going to be a bigger issue is when they do raise interest rates. But what uh, chairman Powell kind of identified in his speech is that, they are not intending to do that until, number one, the tapering is fully completed, 
which may be sometime in next year, uh, if they stay on pace. Data dependent, Carrie. Mm-hmm. You know, they're willing to change right. if the data changes. But we're still, you know, there's still, though, a lot of, you know, people thinking that there's going to be two interest rate hikes next year. I don't know if Fed Powell said that, um, but he's he did. vague. He's very careful right. in the his word choices. Right. So, so we'll talk. So, so again, it's we'll see. Keep an eye on the data. So far, so good. The market is doing fine. The jobs, you know, the pay, the triple payroll did very well this this month and week. Um, yeah, it, it does it. I don't know. Is the gas gone up much more than it did a month ago? Not really. Um, so is it, you know, so we'll see. Is this really transitory or not? So, Carrie, the one thing I'm going to follow up on is so giving you an example of how you may want to run a model at home if you're doing this at home. This is certainly what we do for our clients. If you're trying to make a financial decision, a major financial decision in the next, you know, 12 months or so, that could be a retirement date. It could be whether uh, you need to, you can buy a new house or buy a new car or uh, take that Hawaii cruise vacation um, or help your children still, if you're still funding college educations or perhaps help your grandchildren out with college educations by increasing your gifting. If you're saying, hey, I don't know if I can do that anymore and still be financially independent, well, then maybe if, if because you're worried about inflation, well, then maybe you budget in a higher inflation. So, okay, I'm, I, I started this last week. So if you missed last week's shows, you can go back and listen to the podcast. But the idea of we're also in the Medicare open enrollment, right? And the, and the idea of how do you budget in an appropriate budget for healthcare premiums, and I was specifically talking about Medicare premiums, going forward if we have a higher inflation rate. Right. And the estate planning team can help with some of the things that you're concerned about. And certainly we offer a free consultation to see if our process is appropriate. And um, we do help a lot of people. And again, we're at this time of year that we're looking for opportunities for our clients, especially with Roth conversions, IRA distribution, cash flow planning. Um, People want to retire at the end of the year, um, whatever that may be, or spend more to see if they can afford to. Um, You can call and take advantage of a free consultation, which again, we're doing those by phone or in person, whichever you're more comfortable with. You can call us at 440- 239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. And the website also has, you can sign up for the newsletter and there's a link for our podcast as well. All right. Listen to Mark Daly and Kara Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And over those decades, Carrie, we we've had we saw a complete shift in the way we approach our new clients. When a, thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, the average age of someone coming to see us was over seventy, right? And they had already retired, and they were already on Medicare, and they may have they might have had those great retirement packages that included pensions. And included healthcare benefits to, to help them pay for the Medicare supplementals. But when the baby boomers came on the scene, we realized that they weren't going to have the pensions. They weren't going to have health care coverage in retirement. And we also realized that they had no idea how to budget for Medicare premiums mm-hmm. from age 65 to whenever. So we started having to, we had to show them that, right? And we had to say, yeah, it's, yeah, you're going on Medicare at 65, but it doesn't mean it's free. But I think even Mark, when I've met with people, even this year, some people think it is free. They don't know. They had a great employer. They paid very little. Yeah, your part A hospitalization is free, but your doctor visits, your blood tests, the day-to-day stuff your phys- is not free. Right. When I, I Hopefully, most baby boomers today know it's not free, mm-hmm. but they may, carry think it's immaterial. That it's not a big expense, right? Or yeah. it's minor. That they have mm. to worry about it. Well, guess what? You need to plan your income because that's, you know, the Medicare threshold and the IRMA adjustment, which we touched on last week, can make a huge difference. Right. 
And the idea is at least that's our point. In other words, you, you maybe you just if, when you're building your retirement model at home, maybe you should make sure you have an adequate budget for future health care premiums with the understanding, too, is that the more coverage you have, the less a major medical event in retirement could derail your retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, Medicare covers about 80% of your costs. And then you're out of 20% out of pocket unless you've picked up something to cover that gap. Mm -hmm. And there's two basic roads you can go. You can go the Medicare supplemental. Right. That's where you go to a private carrier. You know, and pick one of the plans like A to G, whatever. And, you and you know, the plans that you're picking will tell you what the premium is. The premium will be based on how high your premium or lower your premium is. It's going to be based on things like what amount of a deductible you're choosing, what type of doctors you want to see in network, out of network, those things. What type of co-pays you have every time you go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you could go the Medicare Advantage route. And the Medicare Advantage takes you out of traditional Medicare. This is where the government has contracted with private health insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky in this town to have some pretty good ones. And you know the names. Right. There's a pretty good health cover, you know, health institutions in this town. And the idea is you still pay the same Medicare B premium, but you the 20%, it's all covered under, under that plan. And those are a no premium or low premium model. Right. Um, and those are called the Medicare Advantage, right? Or Medicare C is really what the mm-hmm. government calls it. And then whether or not you're getting a prescription drug plan, Medicare D is the government, so you could get one private, you know, all those things you have to look at as well. So, so we started showing the baby boomers about 10 years ago, Carrie, or maybe even more mm-hmm. than that, how fast a decade goes, right? Um, yeah. That, yeah, this is how, you know, your budget. Now, what helped, or I don't know if helped, but what alerted a lot of baby boomers were those famous fidelity studies that would come out every year. Right. You know, saying what a, what a couple right. should be budgeting for health care and retirement. Which I always thought was low. Right. It's always around, it was started around 250,000. 250, it's been high as 290,000. that's It's been low. around 280,000. Well, let's look at the numbers. Right? Okay. And it's all based on what assumptions you're making. Right. Right. But as opposed to, depending on the fidelity study every year, maybe, just maybe you want to do it for yourself. In other words, don't ask the neighbor what they're doing. It may not be what your parents' plan was. may not be what your coworkers' plan is. Maybe you kind of got to sharpen your elbows and say, I got to build my own budget. Because maybe you have specific health circumstances that makes you want to choose a different thing than what your neighbor did. Um, and so, so, but, but our role was just to, you know, show that this, you better build this and you might want to use a higher rate of inflation for these healthcare premiums than perhaps what the, you know, the, the consumer price index is, or, you know, the, the, you know, the, some of the other inflation factors, the spending inflation factors that the Fed use, for example. So I'm going to start. So this is what I was doing. It started last week. So so I ran, I'm running two scenarios here. One where the couple is going to choose a Medicare supplemental plan at the cost of $130 a month each when they start now. Um, a second one, I'm going to run a couple who chooses a Medicare Advantage plan, a low cost, no cost premium. And starting that right now, and and I'm going to use $32 a month for that group because that the plan they were looking at is going to put them on the Medicare D, the prescription drug plan, it's going to cost them about 32 bucks a month. Now we know I'm still using the 2021 Medicare B premium without they, any of those Irma adjustments. Right, because they'll come out probably end of this month. Yeah, and we know pretty much it's going to be probably 10 bucks more. Currently, it's 148.50 a month. That'd be each. Mm-hmm. Pretty much we know it's going to be $10 higher than that when the numbers come out. Um, so what's that? About a 6.7% increase. So, but let's just stay with that. So now, so here's the couple who is going with the Medicare supplemental. 
because okay. they don't they didn't want a high deductible and they had some medical issues and, and then kind of the general there's a whole cottage industry around this right if right. you're looking for help to navigate going on Medicare there's a whole cottage industry oh, yeah. out there if you don't, if you're looking for someone you can call us we've got our clients have used a, a few different of those companies that, and they're very happy with them and mm-hmm. you, you know and they they said I'm so glad that I went with somebody because I was completely glossed okay um but all right so Here's the couple that's going to go with the Medicare supplemental. So it's going to be one forty eight fifty for Medicare B and one hundred thirty dollars for their supplemental, and that's going to be so that's two hundred seventy eight fifty a month. There's two of them. We're just going to assume the same rate for each. So annually, that's about six thousand six hundred eighty four dollars. Okay. Now, but I'm going to run that now with inflation for thirty years, so sixty five to ninety four. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add, but I'm going to use, I'm going to vary the inflation to give you an idea where if you're concerned about a higher inflation, you can you you know you you decide what to put into your model, then that would help you know how much you have to budget for maybe this is more important. Maybe you need to get this budgeted first before you start booking the Hawaii trips, right? Or right. gifting to your family, or it, it, right? Um, all right, so I'm going to use three percent inflation. Okay. All right. So at 3% inflation, the 6684 And what I'm going to get is the cumulative amount. You know, the, what's the total budget for 30 years? Okay. This is back to the fidelity schedule, right? Right. Um, all right. So 6684 year one, 3% compound inflation for 30 years. Okay. By, by the way, in that 30th year, your 6684 is now 15751 a year. And cumulatively, three hundred eighteen grand. Right, more even at three percent, it's more than the fidelity. Right. Now let's jump to four percent. Okay. Okay. Now the cumulative over thirty years, three hundred and seventy-five thousand. Mm-hmm. You want me to go higher? Yeah, we use uh, our default is five, although clients use more or less okay. at your plan. I'll do five. Okay. See, the robots can do this pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. At five percent, all right, cumulative amount over thirty years, four hundred and forty-four thousand dollars that's significant you think i think even at three percent that's significant you think and it's something you can't be without you think one hospital stay could be that three hundred thousand do you think yeah do you think it was significant when our 10 years ago when our new baby boomer clients were coming in and they said well mark i i don't really did never thought i had to budget anything because i thought medicare was free well yeah i think maybe that is significant right but what, God forbid, we have hyperinflation, not hyperinflation. I always laugh at that. But what if it's 6% inflation? A lot of people out there think inflation is going to be 6% or greater, Carrie. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the, you know, the political pundits on the right saying, oh, it's going to be much higher than, you know, 6. Okay, but it may not be 6 forever. Right, but let's say it is. Okay. Uh, maybe that's your peace of mind. Mm. Okay. Um, and, Ouch. And, and so if now I'm going to do 6% inflation for 30 years, now the cumulative amount is 528000 mm-hmm. A bit higher than Fidelity's $250,000. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, so that's why we see the trend that's not only at our clients at the estate planning team or Ohio, it throughout the country that there are many, many more baby boomers going the Medicare Advantage route. Because if they were smart enough, they're saying, boy, I don't know if I can budget in four hundred or 500000 because I might not be able to take any trips to Hawaii if I do that. <coughs> and I'm pretty healthy, so I'm not worried about a high deductible. And I don't cross state lines. I spend all my time in Ohio, right. so I'm not worried that I, I don't have a, 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 a you know, a, a, I'm not a snowbird where I'm spending you know a lot of time in Florida, and <laughs> I want to buy an Ohio Medicare Advantage. It might not work very well in Florida, or one of these other reasons why mm-hmm. you might not want to go with a Medicare Advantage. So, and and that's what these cottage industries help you, or that sometimes mm-hmm. if you if you're just looking for basics, we can help you with that as well, understanding the differences between Medicare Advantage and a Medicare Supplemental. And a building a realistic cost in your plan so to make sure your basic expenses and what you need to be covering before you start thinking about the fund discretionary. 
So now I'm going back. This is the so so now I'm running the couple that go, went with the Medicare Advantage. Okay. Thirty two dollars a month premium. Nice. So they still got the one forty eight fifty Medicare B plus the thirty two. So they're looking at one eighty fifty a month for each, three hundred sixty one a month for the two of them, or four thousand three hundred thirty two dollars a year. Okay. Now, so now let's run that at three percent for thirty years. So that cumulative total is two hundred six thousand. Okay. So right. maybe that's what Fidelity was doing. A bit, you know, like I said, a, 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 yeah, because at the Medicare Supplemental, it was 317000 And by the way. I was going to say, but the difference is if you have zero advantage, you're going to have more out-of-pocket of cost from your day-to-day. If you're unhealthy, you're going to have a or lot more out-of-pocket. Or just seeing doctors. Some people have chronic health, they're fairly, but they have to see someone. Yeah, but Carrie, you know often I see a doctor. Right. Um, I'm an Irish guy. We don't see that. We don't go to doctors. Unless you absolutely have oh, to. Oh, yeah. Or... They're carrying us out. Um, no, I, I, you know, but that's, but all right. Let's run. So, but you're saying, well, Mark, yeah, 3%, that, that rate's gone. We're at least 4%. Okay. So Medicare Advantage, 4% compound inflation for 30 years. Now the couple's looking at 243000 Okay. Still around the range of fidelity. Right. Okay. How about 5%, which, as you had mentioned, Carrie, we have, that's what we have been using at the estate planning team. As a generally, we right. never, you know, for a long, long time. That's kind of our been our default if people yeah. don't know what to use. Although we have people using eight for health care because they're worried. Yeah. Um, all right. So at 5% inflation for 30 years, a cumulative amount, 288000 Okay. All right. Um, that we've also seen Fidelity get up to about that amount. Um, but what happens if, again, you think this inflation is going to be much lengthier, not transitory, and healthcare is going to go up 6%. Like I said, we're thinking right now Medicare B is going up 6.7% next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll know here soon, probably before Thanksgiving. All right, well, at 6%, if you think that's never coming back down, now even on the Medicare Advantage, you're at 342000 right. So that just gives you an idea, and I use as an example to say, okay, this is what the the financial modeling can help you decide. It's because it's pretty hard to run those numbers in your head. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is say, hey, I just want to see a range of data, and I want to see best case scenario, worst case scenario, however right. you want to look at it. But I need to know, even at a worser case scenario, am I going to still be okay? Can I join the Great Resignation? Can I, or do I need an encore career? And by the way, how much of an encore career? You know, Carrie, a lot of people, you know, this is, by the way, just to make a note, this is starting just if you're already, you could go right on Medicare. Right. If you're looking to join the great resignation before age 65, where you have to get your own healthcare coverage until you get the Medicare eligibility, that's, you got to add that in too. Right. And that's a hefty price tag, too. And sometimes people don't retire because of that price tag. But the reality is, do you really know? We've had people come in that thought, I have to work to 65 because of the medical. And they can't afford to swing it. It's a price tag. But you know what? It's not going to change or very minimally all these other assumptions. And I think that's where those financial modeling gives people an idea of, if I make a decision today, what's the long-term impact? Right. Because I'm not going to be able to go to back to work at 80. Hopefully, if you absolutely had to, you're in great health. But that's realistically probably not, and you probably don't want to. And, and a lot of times, Carrie, we, we get a, a quick reaction back when we talk about the longevity, you know, le, you know, building a plan to age 90, 95, do I hear 100, Right. Is that we get a quick comment back and say, oh, Mark, yeah, but I'm not going to be going to Hawaii when I'm 90 years old. That's not the point. By the way, that's not how we build a financial model at the estate planning team. We don't build your vac- travel to age 90. Right. Although no. some people, Mark, we have a few. Well, yeah, if you want. Right. If you want us to, if we you will. Want to, right. But realistically. Ugh. But, if, you, but if, if we do that and it's showing you can't do the Hawaii trips to age 90 and pay for the health care then a lot of times the idea is saying it doesn't mean that, I mean, you can't, are you going to, you can't just say that your health care is going to go away. The cost is going to go away if you're unlucky enough to live past age 90. But you could make a discretionary decision to say, but Mark, I want to know if I can't travel to age 90, 
but I've got to pay for my health care to age 95. So how much travel can I do to maybe age 70, 75 or 80 and still have enough to pay for my health care at 95? Mm-hmm. That is the power of doing a financial plan that's 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 broken down into the expense categories where you're making conservative and realistic assumptions for each expense, as well as what inflation factor you want to apply to that expense. And then when you get plan A done, you're on plan B, C, D, and E. Now maybe you're seeing enough data, you're getting enough empirical numbers, and you're you're seeing enough of a forecast where you can sit down with your spouse and say, okay, this is what I think we should go with, or this, based on this, when can we retire, or based on this, how many riverboat cruises can we take, as long as we're still protecting ourselves so we're not setting up a financial devastation for our children or perhaps somebody else who is going to have to take care of us if we run out of money before life. That's the power of financial planning. That's what we don't see enough baby boomers realizing. A lot of them carry, they do a financial plan once and they put into a sock drawer for 30 years. And it's not just modeling. It's also looking at how do you create the income you need once you have a handle on the expenses tax efficiently, what things on your tax return are controllable, not controllable, and being proactive and looking ahead so you can make choices while you're tax, you're in a very um, lower effective tax bracket and coordinating with, or our clients often do use the online software and do the preparation themselves. Or we have a conversation with their CPA saying, this is what we're doing and looking at with the projections. Um, because if you have a worst case scenario, you're going to be more comfortable spending the money because a lot of people we have come in were savers. Not all of them, but some of them and getting in the mindset, it's okay to spend because if you don't spend, you're going to get to 90 and have this pile of money that you should have, would have, could have. So doing that modeling, we can look at whatever scenarios you want, even if it's, I know we used, um, you talked about inflation, but same thing with growth rates. If you're worried about a market decline and we've had people model in those scenarios too, so we can manipulate any of those variables so that it, planning is much about saving money and making better choices and putting more net spendable dollars in your pocket, but also giving you peace of mind and clarity on what should be happening. And the estate planning team offers a free consultation by phone or in person at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety or financialfoodforthought.com. Now, Carrie, I got more bad news. Okay. Because those numbers that we just ran off for mm-hmm. a budget for a cumulative health care premiums, guess what? what? That doesn't include anything for long-term care expenses. No, that's a separate issue, Mark. And that's the 800-pound gorilla sitting in the corner especially for the baby boomers. Because mm-hmm. the problem for the baby boomers is that the medical advances are keeping us living longer. Not necessarily quality. Right. And by living longer, you increase the chances that you would need some type of convalescent care. That's just the way the numbers work. And, you know, don't ask me about longevity. All right? Because it's in my family. My father-in-law lived to age 97. He was, I wound up in a nursing home. My mother-in-law is living us right now. She's 94. Um, my mother will turn 96 in December. Don't talk to me about longevity. All right. Um, my father is the only one of those four that went early 72. All right. So, so yeah, you can think it's not going to happen to me. I'll certainly be gone by age 80. You might not be. Um, but so the, the long-term care is another thing that how do you get your arms around that? Well, that's where, if you're not sure, come in and see us. Because everyone says, oh, well, I heard long-term care insurance is a bad deal. There's certainly other options than other than long-term right. care insurance. Um, and so we, we go through those, um, those different scenarios. All right. So, Carrie, here's a, another. So switching gears. So I said you mentioned that in the beginning of the show that we would talk a little bit about the year-end planning. And in taking, you know, looking for opportunities in a very complicated tax code while they're still available to you. Right? Mm-hmm. And so one very common one that's come up all the time, and it came up again with a recent uh, client, Carrie, and that's the idea that 
the couple is in retirement and they come and see us and we we look at their ta- they're in a zero tax bracket. Okay. The, and they were so happy they were in a zero tax bracket. Because what was happening is they were still getting all their cash flow needs met. They were doing the things they wanted to do and they were paying zero in taxes. Now, a couple of things though, but our what do what do we first say? Or bring up when we see a client who is in a zero tax bracket is, by the way, do you know how much more taxable income you could have created and still main zero? Because maybe that's something you want to maximize every year. Because if you don't max out your zero tax bracket this year, if you're in one, you've lost that opportunity forever. So maybe it's a good idea to max out zero. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the light bulb goes off and saying, why didn't my CPA ever tell me that? Or why didn't my, you know, robot TurboTax tell me that? Because it's a compliance versus a planning piece. Right. We're not saying that your tax return was prepared incorrectly. No. It's just saying, did you miss an opportunity? That's a different animal. All right. Um, and and so, it, it, so let's go over some numbers with this case. So what was happening was this couple... All right, so they their Social Security, they're both getting Social Security. His was about twenty seven thousand a year. Hers was about sixteen thousand. So they had about forty three, forty four thousand in Social Security, but none of it was being taxed. Okay, because they were under that threshold. It's one of the thresholds we talk about, right? And playing the tax limbo game, right? All right. Then they had some interest in dividends, so that was about three to four thousand a year. Okay, didn't have a whole lot of capital gains. Okay, wasn't a big issue. They were using ETFs for their, you know, non-qualified, which doesn't kick out a lot of those year-end capital distributions. All right. Um, He was on his RMD. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which was about $15,000, $16,000 a year running right now. All right. Um, And then she had a small, it's like a pension annuity that was paying out about $1,600 a year. Okay. All right. So basically, their adjusted gross income is about twenty six thousand. Okay, obviously they're generating a lot more cash flow than that, right? Right. Right. Um, and you know they're just filing standard deduction, which was twenty seven thousand eight hundred. They're zero. So basically, he's getting his IRA out tax free. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an IRA; it was actually a four hundred one k. Now, the only thing that was happening, and he was getting a refund every year, Carrie, because because it was a 401k, there was that mandatory 20%, 20%. withholding. So he was had to go, he, you know, he had to do that. Right. And then he was just getting that all refunded every year. The 20%. Right. All right. Um, so they, what, they weren't feeling any pain. But then when we said, well, yeah, well, do you ever think about maxing out the zero? And, and it was like. Gosh, I never even thought about that. Could we do that? And it's like, yeah, you could do that. Right. All right. Um, and so we run the numbers. We work with their CPA. We start working in a coordinated effort. Right. We start running. And, 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 and they say, well, why didn't my CPA ever bring this up? I said, well, again, because, I, you know, did you ever ask them? Or do you, they say, well, you know, no, because no, because they would just go in in March, drop off the, 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 you know, the bag of information and pick up the return. Mm-hmm. It's too late by then to no, do a Roth conversion. Wanna, this is looking at people, you know, we're planning for clients their 2021 tax return once December 31st, other than contributions, um, conversions and distributions have to be done before the end of the year. There's right. no going back. So our idea is saying, yeah, you've already got your RMD done. So now you could do a Roth conversion for the amount that would max out your zero bracket. And and that and that's basically a zero opportunity. An opportunity goes away if you don't do that this year. Mm-hmm. So how much was that? So we did the math for them, and they could be doing about three to $4,000 additional Roth conversion and max out zero tax. Okay. Well, that's a no-brainer, right? Right. They said, well, have you thought about going higher than that? And they would say, what do you mean, Mark? Well, you're still at zero at that point. What about the 10% bracket? That's not going to kill you, right? And they're thinking, well, I guess not. You know, So we said, well, how much could they do? 
to max out the 10% bracket. Okay. That came out to be about $13,000, Roth conversion. Okay. Now, by the way, since they are doing a, a Roth conversion this year, that theoretically lowers next year's required minimum mm-hmm. because it's not there. And as you know, if it's your Roth IRA, you don't have a required minimum. Right. And by the way, if you worried about a rising income tax rate, meaning that you're worried about these rates are going up in the future, maybe, you know, obviously when 2026, when President Trump's lowered individual tax rates expire, you're you're getting it out at these lower rates right now while you have that window. And if you put it in a Roth, all that growth is tax free as well for you. And if you never spend it. For your, your kids heirs. get it under because under the Secure Act now those non-spouse beneficiaries have to get these inherited IRAs and Roth IRAs out in a ten-year period. Well, it's going to be a lot better tax for them if it's a Roth IRA and they have to get it out quickly or in that ten years and that but they don't have to worry about any taxes. And often your kids or beneficiaries take it out as a lump sum anyway because it's money they, they didn't they have. Don't. That's, they yeah, they, they never do that. They often do that. All right um, now. But we do one thing. So so I said, we went one step further. And we said, well, by the way, do you really depend on that refund everywhere? And they're like, no, that really bugs us that we have to do that 20% mandatory withholding and then wait around for the refund, right? So well, what happens if you would just then, instead of doing that, what happens if you just take out enough Roth or do a Roth conversion that would max out that amount of refund that you were going to get? Okay. So remember, they're, they're, this 20% was, that's about thirty four, thirty five hundred a year. Right. So, and that's not money they have to come up with because it's money that's already accounted for. Right. So now what they could do is saying, and then we, and they can't take that refund and put it into a Roth IRA. Right. Right. But what they can do is saying, well, since that's already withheld, it's already in the withhold, you know, the government's hands, I can use it up. Mm-hmm. So I want to know how much mark of a Roth conversion I can do that instead of getting waiting around for a refund, it just white, it washes that out. So I want to create a tax liability equal to the amount of 20% withholding that I'm doing. That came to about a $20,000 Roth conversion. Okay. Now they were getting excited because now they're saying, I had never thought about that, that I could be doing a $20,000 Roth conversion and yeah, I missed, I, I did, but the refund, I mean, I, I, it makes me feel better that I have to do that 20% mandatory federal withholding. Mm-hmm. That, but at least we ran them to all those options. Now they have something to look at. Now they have something to discuss amongst themselves. Now they're getting excited about financial planning. That's what I want all our clients to feel. And that's what we try to do. We don't come up with, we don't tell you what to do. We just want to run enough data, enough paragraph that, that the answers kind of fall on the table. Carrie, I hear the All music. All right. Take Get advantage of, of a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Have a good week, everyone. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.